Hi, this is Nick Forster. Welcome to this week's E-Town podcast. So if we've ever talked about combining blues and bluegrass before, and I know we have over the years because they have a lot in common, uh, this is kind of a good show for that concept. Banjos, blues, singing, playing, picking, plus a great award that comes to us from the Finger Lakes in New York. And that's all coming right now on this week's E-Town Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town with this week's musical guests from Los Angeles, California, pro folk recording artist Beth Hart, and from Florida, chess key recording artist John McEwen. I'm Helen Forster right now. Join me in welcoming our host, Nick Forster. What a crowd, what a sound, what a sight. Welcome to E-Town Hall, everybody. Thank you, Helen. So both of our musical guests this week grew up in Southern California, the place that is so new and constantly reinventing itself that they both did what a lot of young folks do in L.A. They looked for older musical traditions, and they found their passions. One found bluegrass as a teenager. One found the blues. But before long, they both had made names for themselves by doing that magical combination of stuff where they did their homework They learned from the masters, and then they worked hard to make something that sounded like them. So they both did that thing. John McCune, of course, was in the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, the band that changed so much with the release of the record called Will the Circle Be Unbroken back in 1972, the year that Beth Hart was born. Um, Beth grew up in L.A. She started playing the piano when she was four years old, went to the Los Angeles High School for the Performing Arts as a vocal and cello student. She started listening to everything, from gospel music and R&B to Soundgarden and playing all kinds of stuff in local clubs in her late teens and early 20s. She put a band together, made a bunch of records, and has had a remarkable path ever since, really, including some bumps in the road, but that's what happens, and uh, she's stronger for it. She had all of the recognition. She's gotten all kinds of attention, Grammy nominations, sellout shows in some of the biggest venues in Europe, especially collaborations with rock and blues legends like Jeff Beck and... She sang at the Kennedy Center in a tribute to Buddy Guy, and and much, much more. She's put out, I I think it's her 10th record, called Fire on the Floor, and she's here for the first time. So please welcome to E-Town, Beth Hart.
I'm having such a good time. Doesn't this place have amazing energy? Yeah. And it, it's killer, right? And I guess it used to be a church and you could just feel all that prayer and all that faith and all that love. So great. Go on ice, 
always a reasonable price Women in heels, heels, heels in every color she feels This joint's gonna blow your mind The drums beat break in a sweat The man is as hot as a high roller's bet The sticks click like time on a clock When you think it's over, they're just beginning to Welcome, what a so great nice. sound. So was that right with, that you started playing music when you were four years old? Yeah, piano. So was that yeah. your parents just thought you had some talent and wanted to see if you took to it, or what happened? Yeah, my dad was uh, really great about kind of putting everybody involved with music or sports or whatever they were kind of interested in. Yeah. Um, and when did the cello show up? Cello showed up in the fourth grade. Mm-hmm. And, and what were you listening to when you were seven years old? What kind of music did you like? I was listening to a lot of classical music as a really young girl, and it's still probably my favorite music, and certainly my favorite singers are the opera singers. They're just yeah. genius, yeah. crazy music. Wow. Yeah. And so then how, how did you get from opera to singing in bars? Well, <laughs> well, I mean, when I was like 10, I got turned on to Sabbath and, and Zeppelin and Rush. I was a big Rush fan. 
Um, and then my mother was playing me a lot of um, Billie Holiday and Dinah Washington and Frank Sinatra. So there was a lot of the American songbook music as well as jazz music going around. Yeah. But um, I was studying with a lady named Rhonda Dillon, and she said to me, she goes, you know, you like to do your own thing with this type of music. You can't do that. You cannot rewrite great classical pieces. And she said, I love you, Beth, but I'm just letting you know now you should maybe think of doing something else. And I was like, oh, I'm so heartbroken. But it was okay. And, you know, she, yeah. I, she was honest, so... Because you wanted to improvise, you wanted to just yeah. let the music take you where, yeah. Yeah. And so those early days in L.A., I read that you had a rough patch in your late 20s. Oh, yeah. I had a lot of rough patches all over the place. But, yeah, the worst one was in my late 20s, yeah. And I that, almost died. It was bad. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hanging around with the wrong people, or what was the deal? You know, since I guess I was 10, 11 is when I started messing around with alcohol and starving and bulimia and, and drugs. I started really young. But my friends and my family didn't know it because I had like my own crew that I had on the side and I hadn't been diagnosed with bipolar. So I was trying to make myself feel normal. So I was using periodically. And then I think when Atlantic, I was with them for a couple of records, Atlantic records, and it was my second record. And suddenly there was all this intense attention and stuff, and I was, you know, not being medicated. So that's when it just became out of control. Before it was great. It was like I could use it as a tool, you know, and it would make use me it feel better. What, heroin or what, what were you using? I was really into pills and mm-hmm. coke and speed mm-hmm. and whatever I could get my hands on. Mm-hmm. But That's wild. Um, you've had a lot of success, well-deserved success, and you found a, a good guy eventually. Oh, my God, you guys. Yeah, I mean... It took some trying. Well, yeah, you know, I'm actually going to do a song that I wrote for my father later, but my dad left when I was really young for another woman. He left my mother for another woman, and I was so addicted and close to my father. So after that, I just would go out searching for any guy, even if he physically beat me up. At least it was attention. He wouldn't ignore me. But I never, ever thought I'd have children or get married because I thought, I can't go through that again. I can't go through being left again. And then at my worst, in my late 20s, is when I met Scott, my husband, who I've been with ever since I was 27. And he is just like, and I don't want to start crying, but he has been so tender, you know, and so loving to me. So well, you have you. a. You are um, one of the most appropriately named artists in music today because you have a huge heart. You care a lot. I read recently that you had been uh, reading a book about refugees and just thinking about the blues, thinking about being down on your luck, having a hard time. Yeah. But then that puts everything really in perspective, doesn't it? It really, it's, yeah, it really does. It's like, I mean... You can never say your problems don't matter because you see someone else going through something worse because obviously it's all you know, whatever your pain is. But when I do read books like that and you see people, what they go through and what they can survive, it is so incredibly inspirational, you know, really is amazing. And we're we're so blessed, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, it comes to that thing where if you're going to feel a lot, if that's cranked up to 11, uh, you're going to feel everything. So it's great. We're lucky to have people like you. Well, listen, congratulations. Thank you so much for coming. This is not, this, it's taken us long enough to figure this out, so I'm glad you're here. We've got lots more music. Welcome back, if you would, Beth Hart. Thank you, thank you. Oh, you guys. You can play with me? Yeah? Please, play with me. He's going to play with me on this one. So this is a song I wrote um, a few years back. It was on my last record, Better Than Home. 
And it was inspired by a quote that someone had told me that Mother Teresa had said. And she said that the definition of grace is when you care about someone and you help somebody and you love someone that you do not like and you don't want to help. You don't think they deserve your help or your love, but you do it anyway. And I heard that and I was like, oh my God, I got a lot of work to do. But um, yeah, so it's called St. Teresa.
Los Angeles, California, along with John Nichols on guitar, V-Tones, Christian Teal, Greg Garrison. They will be back to play a lot more music later on in the show. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by Silk, the charter sponsor of Change the Course. The program was co-created with National Geographic to restore water in critically water-stressed ecosystems. You can learn more about Silk's commitment to the environment and to plant-based nutrition at silk.com. And by our diverse family of NPR affiliates and community stations, plus college and commercial stations, as well as our international stations and podcast subscribers worldwide. Thank you for your continued support. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. You're listening to E-Town. Beth Hart's going to be back later on in the show. And coming up, the uh, multi-instrumentalist of American music, Mr. John McEwen, is here with us. Before we get back, though, to more music, we're going to introduce you to somebody we got to meet with the help of uh, one of our listeners. So this happens. People listen to E-Town. They get the habit. They get the, the kind of idea of what we're up to. And they look around in their hometowns, and they find people who have inspired them in one way or another, and then they send those stories to us, and we get to often put those people on the air and recognize them with something called the Achievement Award. It's all about just making an effort around an issue where you think you can help uh, make things a little better. These are always stories of small steps that add up. And uh, here comes Helen to tell you about our winner this week. Thank you, Nick. 
Listener Joseph Meyer of Ovid, New York, turned us on to this week's story about Diane Cohen of Ithaca, New York. Diane has had a strong interest in sustainability since she was a child. As an adult, she took a job with a building preservation program, the purpose of which was to preserve architecturally significant buildings or if that was impossible, to preserve historic pieces and parts before demolition. But she couldn't help but notice that a lot of great non-historic reusable stuff was getting trashed during demolition. And she thought there had to be a way to put those materials to good use rather than just sending them to the landfill. She eventually co-founded a very cool nonprofit organization called Finger Lakes Reuse. And she's here with us in person to tell us more about the work they do. So right now, please join me in welcoming this week's Achievement Award winner from Ithaca, New York, Diane Cohen. I happen to know for a fact that Diane came here from her neighborhood in upstate New York by train. I was so impressed by that. Mm -hmm. A low impact in terms of your carbon footprint way to travel across the country, I suspect. Absolutely. Well, Diane, welcome. Thanks so much for coming out. And tell us a little bit about how you sort of first got introduced to this concept of sustainability when you were a kid. I have to attribute it to my mom. When we were little kids uh, growing up, she offered us five cents for every bottle and can we picked up, you know, part of cleaning up litter. She was ahead of her time. I think New York State adopted it. 10 or 15 years after that. So mm -hmm. that got me going. She was an inspiration. Yeah. She still is. And then you grow up and you still have those, those ideals coursing through your veins. <laughs> and you got exposed to a preservation program that's doing a lot of good. Yep. So for example, I mean, you're tearing down a building and you say, well, we're going to keep the stained glass and we're going to keep the pillars from the front porch and we're going to keep this beautiful, uh, you know, wrought iron gate or, or ironwork, mm -hmm. whatever. But then all of the lumber and all of the flooring and all of the other stuff had no place to go. Right. And then I don't think people realize how many non-architecturally significant buildings are coming down all the time. Buildings that were you know, built five, ten years ago, they just, they're in the way and they're being taken down. And yeah. actually modern building materials sell like hotcakes all day long. Oh, wow. so. So you decided to make sure that there was a place for those things. Yeah, and we do much more than just building materials. We do household goods, furniture, and that's what we started with in 2008. But then in 2010, there was an empty storefront next door to us. So we expanded into that and started doing computers and electronics as well. Oh, wow. And now we're doing anything that you could think of that's reusable. Boats, clothes, books, um, You're basically appliances. We take a lot more than you think we might take. Yeah. We, we try really hard to take as much as we can. Oh, that's cool. I should mention that Ithaca is a great college town, very progressive town. And so I'm sure there uh, are a lot of people there who can connect with this idea. Absolutely. The communities really embrace this. They're incredibly generous with what they bring, um, beautiful antiques and high-value items to kind of support us, contractors who set things aside instead of throwing it in the dumpster and give us a call. Oh, that's so, cool. Mm -hmm. So how many people are working at this right now? We have 25 employees, 12 of whom were long-time unemployed. And do you have some volunteers, too? Probably about 40% of our workforce is volunteer. And is funding, your, your revenue comes mostly from sales, or where does it come from? So uh, this year with our second store, we're over 80% supporting, but uh, we've had, thank you, um, we've had uh, very generous government grants, private foundations, and individual donors who support us for that other 20%. Mm -hmm. 
So let's just talk about the numbers. Do you have any idea about, in terms of materials diverted from landfill or anything like that that you've done since you started? It's about three million pounds since we started that we've diverted. Yep, from the landfill. Uh, we've, we've sold about uh, more than 800,000 items since we started. This year, I think we'll sell our millionth item. The other thing that's really great about this, and I don't know whether this is a tangible thing you can measure, but I know that when people go to see the value in used things and then they're able to reuse them, it changes the way, at least I think, um, people think about where things come from and where they go. And so I think it changes the way consumers think about consumption. Aside from the fact that you're diverting tons of material from the landfill, there's this other subtle thing, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and is there a website if people want to go there? Yeah, IthacaReuse.org, and that's where our community reuse center business plan template is as well. IthacaReuse.org. Yep. Diane, congratulations. It's a beautiful story when you take an idea and you make it real and you make it successful, and it does so much good on so many levels. Thank you so much. Congratulations. Thank you. That's Diane Cohen, Finger Lakes Reuse, all the way from Ithaca, New York. Many thanks to listener Joseph Meyer for this great story. If you just tuned in and you missed part of this interview, you can find it on our website, etown.org, where you can learn about some of our other award winners, too. Also, if you know of someone or have heard of someone working to better the lives of others or the planet in some way, let us know. You can do that by heading to our homepage and clicking on the word award at the far right of the top menu. There you'll learn what we look for, and you can submit your nomination there. Or you can always write us the old-fashioned way at Box 954, Boulder, Colorado, 80306. Ah, yes. The old-fashioned way. Thank you, Helen. Thanks, Diane. Love those stories. So as I mentioned, we got more music coming up from Beth Hart. Right now, I want to tell you about our next guest. John McEwen, as I mentioned, Grew up in Southern California. He got his start at the Magic Shop in Disneyland as a teenager. He discovered the banjo shortly thereafter. He joined the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band in 1966. With the Dirt Band, he has put out 34 records, including the platinum-selling Will the Circle Be Unbroken, which was eventually inducted into the Library of Congress as, quote, one of America's most important historic recordings. So that record, by the way, introduced lots of people, including me, to the likes of Jimmy Martin and Mother Maybelle Carter, Norman Blake, Merle Travis, and many more. It was a big deal. Of course, he's been busy ever since. He's putting out solo records. He's scored films. He's produced records for other artists, including his high school buddy, Steve Martin. He produced a record for him and won a Grammy. So you get the picture. He found his spot more than 50 years ago in Southern California. He's been at it ever since. His latest is called Made in Brooklyn featuring another cast of characters, including David Amram, David Bromberg, John Cowan, Jay Unger, and many more. So anyway, he is back. Would you please help me welcome to E-Town Hall, along with Matt Kartsonis, Mr. John McEwen. Thank you very much.
Virginia From those Blue Ridge Hills I did roam When I die, won't you bury me on a mountain Far away in my Blue Ridge Mountain home I'm gonna find my baby, I'm gonna bring her home 
John McEwen, welcome. It's good to have you back. Yes, sir. Let me ask you about your latest record, Made in Brooklyn. I know you lived in New York City for a little while. What uh, brought that about, making a record there in Brooklyn? Well, the Chesky Record Company makes what's known as high-def records, high-definition, and they do it in a special way. They use a church, an old, it hasn't been churching for years, but it's been recording, and they use one microphone that everybody gathers around, and you have to run the song through it once, and um, you move back, and you move in, and when you're ready to go, you record. Wow. And that's it, no overdubs, no fixes, can't wear headphones. And the thing is, if you can't hear the guy taking the solo, then you're playing too loud. <laughs> and one, this one microphone captures it all in a way that when you play it back, it sounds like you're in the band. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Now, um, did you actually hang on to the magic tricks that you learned when you were a kid working at Disneyland? Did you, did they you, come in handy. Did you get good at it? It was really fun working in the Disneyland magic shop because we started, I met Steve Martin in, in Tomorrowland. <laughs> we were having a tuna sandwich and we were both trying to get jobs at the magic shop and we did. And we felt like it was the best three years of our lives. It's one thing. And we both started playing banjo at the same time. Steve says that I taught him how to play or introduced him to the banjo, but he took off. He has his own style and he developed it, started back then. And yeah, doing tricks all day long was fun. So was that what gave you the bug about performing, about being in front of an audience, just doing magic tricks at this? I didn't know that then. Yeah. But yes, that was it, uh, part of it. It gave you the ability to do things like, you ever seen me before? You, haven't, you ever talked to me before? How do you know it's me? <laughs> you know, stop. You <laughs> I, I don't know if that's magic. I would. I got. I think that might just be annoying. You try. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Yeah, you try it. You're heckling. <laughs> You're heckling the audience. Yeah. Um, well, let's, I just want to talk about a couple more things. Looking back, of course, you would have had no way of anticipating the impact of the Circle Being Broken record. That was just a monumental milestone. It was a dream to me. I, since I started playing the banjo in Orange County, I wanted to record someday with Earl Scruggs. And uh, I wanted to play Soldier's Joy Frailing with him picking. And I had no chance of that happening. But because Jeff and Jimmy Ibbotson sang so good on the Uncle Charlie album, and we had mandolins, guitars, and banjos, and stuff. Earl had heard the music. I went and asked him, would you record with a Nitty Gritty Dirt Band? He said, I'd be proud to. And then Earl got us Maybell, and Louise got us Jimmy Martin, and Earl got us a fiddle player that could handle it all. What's his name, Earl? Vassar oh, Clemens. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, can he do it all? And Earl said, he'll do. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, Another thing that's in the news these days is Russia. It's uh, like a whole other country over yeah, there. Yeah, it's like a whole other country. It's like a whole other part of the country. 
Um, that's what Bill Monroe would say when he's saying, well, it's like a whole other part of the country. Um, but you and the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band were the first American band to go play in the Soviet Union back in 1977. Yeah, it was amazing. 28 sold-out shows in five different cities. And it was like being in the Beatles, only nobody had ever heard of us. <laughs> no, but see, the thing is, the reaction, they wanted to see an American group. It was illegal to have the music. It was illegal to stand up in a concert. And we found out the Communist Party was only 3% of the population, and they ran the whole country. Isn't that weird? But here we got it figured out better. It's only 1%. <laughs> I got to think about that. Well, you've gotten a chance to play music with some of the greatest musicians in the world, and of course, huge celebrities, Dolly Parton, Johnny Cash, Little Richard, Willie <laughs> Nelson, the Smothers Brothers, The Doors. Yeah. It's an amazing ride, and I hope you're writing all the stuff down or capturing all these stories, because you've got a gazillion of them. Glad you're here. Welcome back, John McEwen. And for the radio audience at home that doesn't recognize the people that are going to join us, Nick and Helen, their immense talents are so broad, they're like having five different people playing with you. <laughs> and it's appropriate to have a husband and wife team on this song, because it was written by a man named uh, Boudlow Bryant. Boudlow and Felice Bryant were a couple of America's greatest songwriters. They wrote songs like Kathy's Clown, Rocky Top, All I Have to Do is Dream, Love Hurts. What else, man? Wake up, little Susan. Oh, wake up, little Susan. Bird dog. Bird dog. Everything that Everly's ever did, just about. And, uh, and Rocky Top. I said that. <laughs> That's such a big tune, you got to say it twice. Okay, yeah. And... Uh, when we were putting together the Made in Brooklyn album, their son, Del Bryant, called me and said, I've got some tapes my dad made in the living room. A bunch of songs nobody's ever heard. This was one of them. This is the one we picked. It's a classic old song. It would have been if it had gotten out. It's called My Favorite Dream. chair to recline in while I gaze into the blue. A cottage by a lake, accommodations just for two. My heart full of contentment, my arms full of you. That's my favorite dream. A private little lover's lane that winds among the trees. Friendly little cloudlet chasing robins on the breeze. Whispered word of love from you, a tender little squeeze. That's my favorite dream. And in the evening on the patio, we'll cuddle in the glow of the stars that shine. They say that dreams have a way of coming true And darling, if they do, you will soon be mine A 
patio We'll cuddle in the glow of the stars that shine I know the dreams have a way of coming true And darling, if they do, you will soon be How the daylight makes me feel a little shy But nighttime brings me everything my waking hours deny Cause then I say I love you And with kisses you reply In my favorite dream My very John McEwen, along with Matt Cartsonis and the E-Tones, Christian Teal, Greg Garrison on the bass, Helen Forster singing along. The record's called Made in Brooklyn out on Chesky Records, Mr. John McEwen. This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. By the way, if you're curious about E-Town's home base, E-Town Hall, our beautiful solar-powered music venue, community center, and recording studio in downtown Boulder, Colorado, you can learn more about it on our website, etown.org. You're listening to E-Town. Nick Forster, you are listening to E-Town. I want to say hello to our stations, K-O-H-O in Wenatchee, Washington, on W-O-O-L in Bellows Falls, Vermont. Wool, Bellows Falls, Vermont. W-O-O-L, thanks for tuning in. And on KRCB in Santa Rosa, California. As always, if you want some more information about any of our guests, you want to see photos or videos, all of that is online at etown.org. Okay, so far so good. Things are going well. I think we're all feeling a little more connected these days, strangely. This is us, we're in this together. We know what we have to do. We gotta pay attention. We gotta love each other and play some music. And more than anything, don't be afraid to speak out or get involved. That's what this is all about. These are tricky times. It can bring us together. It can bring out the best in us. All right, right now, would you please help me welcome back Beth Hart. Hey, thank you. So I was going to do something else, but I thought since I brought up Scott, I would uh, play for you a song I wrote for Scott. Um. 
called My California.
Thank you. Thank you so much. Beth Hart, along with John Nichols on the guitar. The Italian's Christian Teal. Greg Garrison sitting in on the bass. The title song, Fire on the Floor, out on Provogue Records. Fire on the Floor from Los Angeles, California. Beth Hart, we've got time to do one more song. We're going to get everybody out here for one last one. I want to thank everybody for being a part of the show this week. Of course, I want to thank John McEwen, Matt Cartsonis coming out. Thanks to our award winner, Diane Cohen from Ithaca, New York, recycling building materials and connecting with her community in such a solid way. Thank you, Diane, for coming out on the train. Thanks to Beth Hart and John Nichols. Thanks to the house band, the E-Tones, Helen Forster. We've got this, uh, this one very recognizable tune that we're going to go out with. I'm Nick Forster. Hope you can be with us next week right here in E-Town. Here's the way I first heard this song. I knew a man, Bojangles, and he danced for you. In worn out shoes, silver hair and ragged shirt and baggy pants. He did the old soft shoe. Oh, he could jump so high, higher than anybody before or since. And then he lightly touched down. I met him in a cell in New Orleans. We were down and out. He looked to me to be the eyes of age. Then he spoke right out. Oh, he talked of his life, what a life he had had. Somebody down at the end of that cell block said, who is that crazy old man? I told him. donor-supported nonprofit organization. To comment about the show, email us at info at etown.org or connect with us on Twitter or on Facebook. Distribution is made possible by our family of sponsors, this station, and listeners like you. Dance for those at minstrel shows and county fairs. 
himself Spoke through tears of fifteen years His dog in here Traveled about The dog up and died Dog up and died After twenty years he still grieves Said a dance now at every chance And honky tonk Drinks and tears But most of my time I spend behind these counter bars Cause I drink some beer Shook his head As he shook his head I heard someone ask Please, please Mr. Bojangles John McEwen, Matt Cartsonis, Beth Hart, John Nichols, Ron Jolly, Christian Teal on the drums. Greg Garrison on the bass. Helen Forster. This is a production of the E-Town Radio Network. I'm Nick Forster. That was this week's E-Town podcast. Thank you for listening.